Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Castology. Hello and welcome to another episode of Castology, where we, your castologists, don't laugh at me when I say that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know where you were you going with that sentence. It. You're yeah. like, where, where we, we, your uh, humble and I like, servants. <laughs> I am a castologist. Patrick is our humble servant. <laughs> yeah, okay. Sure. Yes. And Liz is yet to decide <laughs> what she is. I'm a bit of both. A bit of both. Uh, and yeah, so we're here to both review and recommend podcasts because there are millions of them and you need help deciding which ones to listen to. Can I put Castologist on my resume? Do you yes. think? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I'm doing Pat's resume for him at the moment. Yeah, I will put that on your me. resume. <laughs> yeah. No, we should definitely mention this. It's very official sounding when you have a podcast. Well, this is why when we were going through the show notes, I was like, we have to capitalize the C in Castologist because it gives us authority immediately. Oh, yeah. We're totes profesh, guys. Like we a- are therapists. Can we put a TM or something as no. well? No. We're podcast therapists. Can we put we can put little CS yeah. on at the end Copyright. of our like Elizabeth Best. Trademark. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well so each week we will uh review the podcast that our other hosts have recommended the week before. And then we will come to you with three brand new podcasts for you to listen to over the week. Before we we review next week, we're so lovely to be bringing this to the Mm. people, (laughs) (laughs) so you can listen along. uh, Listen with us, folks. So uh, let's get into our reviews. So last week we recommended it was a comedy theme, a comedy theme of a very fatal murder, which is a scripted comedy. The Jimmy Dore Show, which was a podcast written and performed by a comedian and his comedian. It's not entirely a friends. comedy podcast. It's half. It's the most comedious, comedic, it would be comedic one I had left. Comedy. <laughs> yeah. And then I recommended the film Reroll, which yeah. is a comedy role play podcast. Yes. Can so, we start with Patrick's recommendation? Because I have some stuff to say. Sure. Please. Go ahead. <laughs> so. And I was saying this to Zane last night. I really, your podcast choices really do say so much about who you are. Do as they a really? They really do. And when he, when Zane said that in one of our first episodes, I think I, I was like, yeah, okay. But now, like, I get it. Okay, so it's it's political, and I feel like pretty much almost all the things you've at least recommended to me have been political because I did get Tulsi Gabbard for the um, you did first. Yes. So I feel like I've I feel like I've consumed more politics in the last month than I probably have in a long time because I've been avoiding politics for a really long time because it makes me sad. But in this format, I really enjoyed it because it it it's it's the same way that I like my murder shows with comedy. Like this is. It brings an unpalatable subject um, to the people in a way that doesn't make them want to go off and kill themselves at the state of the world. It's um, definitely a little bit irreverent. Yes. And yeah. it, it's at not times, self-important. Sometimes, yeah. yeah. Well, the episode that I listened to, I kind of just did a bit of a, like a 
you know, a roulette scroll and then went, that yeah. one. Um, so the episode I listened to was all about the um, Michelle Wolf roast at the Correspondence Dinner. Right. Which I thought was, I was laughing out loud in my car um, because of the things that they were talking about with regards to, um, you know, they got all up in arms that everybody was having a go at Sarah Huckabee Sanders' appearance and then didn't get up in arms at the fact that they also made fat jokes about Chris Christie as well. Mm. So like... It was a sub- subject that I actually knew a lot about, so I had a very good laugh at that. But in that particular episode, he then got somebody on the phone that wasn't one of his comedy impersonator guests and the rest of the episode just turned into a political rant and I was not laughing anymore. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I picked another episode and listened to it and it was incredibly funny because the segments were broken up with all of the impersonator segments, yeah, so which I find format. very funny. Well, if, it is, was, if it was just all rant, yeah, it would get a bit Well, this is bogged. what I figured. This is why I took myself to a second episode because I thought I was like, oh, wow, this first third was really funny and then all of a sudden he's speaking to someone who I think was like an actual congressperson or some kind of lobbyist. It would have been someone mm. impersonating an actual congressperson. Or no, he no? was actually talking to a for realsies person. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. which is why because the first phone call was an impersonator. The second one he was actually – introduced the guest and was it was like a full for reals. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it got very um, political, ranty and not comedy. But he then does I listened, have a lot to say. It, and look, all of it valid. So I listened to another episode and that episode was pretty much all comedy through the entire one. And I quite enjoyed, especially enjoyed the um, the impersonator phone calls. Are they, are they improvised or is I that- think they're written by the guy who... Right. Well, I actually they, don't know if the guy who's very... written it because there, I know there are writers for the show, and that guy Mark or is it Mike? I can't remember his name, but yeah, he's the he's the, the, the in house <laughs> he's the in house impersonator. I just I really they I liked how off the cuff they felt because he was even like Mike McRae. Yeah, like Jimmy was cracking up at some of the stuff that that Mike was saying, which made me feel like he probably. I think hadn't they are heard quite well before. written. A lot of those uh, um, calls as well. You know, there were parts where he was laughing so hard, and Mike was keeping such a deadpan voice thing going, and I'm laughing so hard because he can't stop <laughs> laughing. So, um, in that, you know, th- that's how I like my politics. I like my politics with the side of comedy because otherwise, it hurts my soul. Oh, you're going to hate my main political podcast. Oh. <laughs> Give me a few weeks. <laughs> Give me a break. Well, I actually, I really enjoy the Jimmy Dore, Jimmy Dore show because I can, I can weather a political rant because I find them very cathartic. Mm. Even when I'm listening to someone's whose politics do not 100% mesh with mine, mm-hmm. I enjoy listening to an impassioned speaker who believes something challenging my beliefs. Um, like, don't get me wrong. I'll be angry at the end of it, but then I will think I will have my own political rant in my head mm-hmm. about all the things that they got wrong. Mm. Um, <clears throat> that being said, yeah, Jimmy Dore does is pretty similar to my own politics. Um, yeah. So the, the jokes that with you were making were really landing. That being said, it went on a bit too long for me. Yeah. Like if it was maybe two-thirds the length that it was the episode. Yeah. I, I listened to two episodes, the most recent one, and then I did what well, you did. I went back a few months and hit a random one, and they mm. were pretty similar. Like he's very well I think produced. he's been doing the same sort of thing for a while. I think like yeah. way back in the day when he was like – because it's still on the Young Turks network, but I think it was 
like a, a YouTube show. I don't know if it's still Yeah, is. well, they, they spoke they of... They talked about visuals. Visuals and right, videoing so things Because they were well. watching the Michelle Wolf right. um, yeah. thing and talking about, you know, see the look that she just gave her then? Um, one thing I did really like was that he was um, equal opportunity in ratting out politicians. Like he had a... Oh, yeah. He had a, a wonderful, massive rant about exactly what we were speaking about last politic at uh, last politics last podcast it's in my brain you're making me think too much about politics <laughs> mm. um about how Hillary Clinton gave away the election like he, he he he's I can't talk right now he's basically he'll lambast people on all sides of politics yeah, and well, I respect that that's what I like I think that's him. his political leanings at the moment at least American political leanings is that he's done with the party system mm. yeah uh, yeah and I think that's which I am yeah, that well, I think the world is becoming a little bit that way at the moment, um, just because it's getting a little ridiculous. Just the sports teamy aspects of it. Yeah, the thing that I don't get with American politics that makes me the angriest is that the way that it works, the whole idea is to have the party tear itself apart from within till they've selected a candidate and then they unify. I'm like, <laughs> what about all of the horrible mudslinging that you were just doing against the person that's now your can? Like, it, it makes no fucking sense. Well, that's just just to make sure that they can do it when the opposition they can handle it when the opposition doesn't. Ah, oh, it makes no <laughs> it makes no sense. But, yeah, I think it's very – he knows his format. He does it well, I, mm. I think. And I think if if you listen to one and you like it, I think you'll like it yeah. Yeah, going exactly. forward. And I think um, you'll get information from this podcast that you won't get from a lot of mainstream sources. Yeah. He's and not like, like I said, the jokes and the, the punchlines, they are funny. Mm. So yeah. if you are looking for a political comedy podcast, this is probably the closest thing I've listened to. That could be called a comedy politics that's specifically about politics. Mm. Yeah. I mean, agreed. Greg Proofs gets political, but it's not. But that's just because he's yeah. cranky. It's not really, it's not a political <laughs> he goes podcast. All over the place. He's like yeah. a new, yeah. yeah. And I think that's what I respected most about this is the fact that it, it, there's so much mainstream media is beholden to the 1%. And I kind of like the fact that it's informative and funny and he doesn't have to answer to anyone. Yep. Yeah, well, podcasting. That's, that's what the podcasting revolution is all about. We don't have to answer to anyone media. either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, so I think that's a recommend for Jimmy Jimmy Dore. Yeah, for me it's a recommend if you like politics. Yeah. Not a, yeah. I do. I don't think I will listen to Jimmy Dore very regularly, but I think it's going to be one of the thing, one of the ones that I follow and every now and then I'll have mm-hmm. the urge to go listen to. Once I'm less angry at the world, <laughs> I will go back and listen to it. But, oh, yeah. Oh, Liz. What you don't realise about getting older is you never get less oh, angry with the world. Don't tell me I'm going to be shaking my fist at clouds now. <laughs> with a shotgun, oh. on, a, on a rocking chair, oh, get on off front my lawn. porch. <laughs> well, we also uh, listened to A Very Fatal Murder. Uh, we did. Da, da. Very short. Very short. Ten minutes Ten roughly, or less yeah. epi- per episode. So six part, well, seven part because there was two parts to episode five. Seven episodes. If there were two parts to episode five, that makes it six episodes. Yeah. No, no, no. But then there was an episode six. I'm so confused. So I think there was seven episodes in total. It was like ah, it was episode yeah. five, part one, episode five, hour. part That's two, all I'm saying. and then episode six. And I would just like to say that I feel personally attacked <laughs> by all the jokes he made about podcasters. Uh-huh. <laughs> I thought you. Might. I loved it I am so smarter much. than everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. 
<laughs> yes, it does make a lot of jokes at the expense of podcasters and I think that's why I and thought journalists. you guys would find Yeah, well, I'm a journalist, so again, yeah, no, I found so it you... super funny. I think I, it was I like the funniest podcast I've ever listened to, if I'm to be honest. Ah, yeah. It See, was I thought, so funny. I wasn't sure if because it's a very dry wit and satirical. And yeah, uh, I'm a big it, fan of satire. I thought so. So yay. Oh, well, that's good. It's very funny. Um, Kind of at the end of every episode, I was like, okay, when is this going to end? Because it felt like I think this is just something that I'm discovering about the way that I listen to things is it felt like the joke was went on one beat too long. Yes. Um, and I was worried at like the second episode that like, oh, no, there's six episodes of this. Am I going to feel this way? And towards the end, it does start paying off a bit quicker. Yeah. <clears throat> so I didn't I didn't hold it against it. So it, I don't think I'll listen to it again, but it was very enjoyable well, the first I, time. There's no mm. point listening to it again, I no, think, because yeah, it's, once it's not something that will, you know, give back like yeah. um but i think it, with the podcasting revolution and all of the murder podcasts and investigative journalism podcasts and you know lampooning tv series that are you know like making a murder and all that yeah, stuff absolutely. someone needed to send it up and sending it up in a short <laughs> format mm-hmm. absolutely yeah. uh okay did you have anything I just mm-hmm. thought it was such a fantastic idea and so well executed. Very yeah. well executed. Yeah. Very NPR the whole yeah. way through. Even the tone it. of his voice and the the little music theme that yeah. they wrote for an ending on a cliffhanger, <laughs> like. And I didn't know precisely what I was getting into when I first started listening to it. So I was like, when they went, mm, I won't give anything away. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, like the first you, bit you... of dialogue you heard from the residents of the town, I was like. These people sound like they're from a cartoon. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is also because I was I was wary about introducing this to you before I've actually recommended one of the series that <laughs> that this is a piss take of right. to you guys. Um, because like down the track, I do plan on getting you to listen to, and I think you'll find it even more funny in retrospect. Yeah. When you listen to the series that it's taking the piss out of. It's like have either of you seen Garth Marenghi's Dark Place? Yes. I like have. taking the piss out of whatever that Stephen King show was, Hospital, something or other. So yeah, yeah. going back and watching some older episodes of that Stephen King Hospital show <laughs> made Garth Marenghi's Dark Place yeah. that much funnier because you see exactly <laughs> yeah. what they're taking the piss well, out like of. Well, like in Serial, that's what they do. They, they'll they open each episode with a recap that's quotes from other people like, I didn't even know that he was there at the library that time. <laughs> you know, like... Um, and so they just and the, and it's and it's very artistic for that medium, but so easy yeah. to take the piss out of. <laughs> so easy to mock. All right, and I recommended film reroll. You did. So for me, I'm an actor, obviously, but unlike you nerds, I don't play tabletop <laughs> games. Um, I've hey. never played. So these guys are constantly asking me to, or if I want to learn how to play Dungeons and Dragons, because pretty much everyone I know plays D and D, and I have no idea about any of it. So I feel like it took me a little while to kind of understand what was happening being that literally the first time I've ever played a dice roll outcome game was at your house like a month ago when we played the Betrayal. Uh, Betrayal at House on the Hill. Yes. So I once I got into the concept because I'm a massive film buff and I own a movie review site so like – Supercookreviews.com, just for a plug. Just Um, check the show notes. (laughs) Yeah, check the show notes. I'm going to make sure I plug it all the time. Um. I loved it. I thought once I once I actually kind of gone, oh, they're rolling for this and they're rolling for that and I understood kind of how the gameplay 
worked, yeah, I yeah. thought it was friggin' hilarious. And I'm, I know um, from Dust Till Dawn very well. <laughs> yes. Um, I know a lot of Quentin Tarantino stuff way more than I possibly should. Um, but you're a murder <laughs> fan, of course, you know Tarantino stuff. Yeah, look. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I don't know why words aren't working for me today. I loved it. I thought that um, the game master, what do you call them? Game master. Game master. Yeah. Oh, I learned something. Um, so the game master did a very good job of keeping it on control until they get to the titty twister bar because <laughs> if they hadn't actually got there, there's no movie, right? There's mm. like well, and there are a million ways to go before you get to the titty twister. And there are, I imagine that if he hadn't got them there, vampires would have come wherever they were, mm. right? Connected to the titty twister or yeah. the uh, cartel the or whatever thing down yes. the back. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, See, that's like, what I would have wanted to do if I was playing that game. Is get so, it away so, from the like, movie. No, well, like instead of going into the titty twister, why don't we just go around and explore the enormous? <laughs> so you'd be like the behind. anarchist who wants to take. The I'd film be like off straight trail. Indiana Jones. Let's right. go right to the heart of it. Right. Because <laughs> I've seen the movie. I know what happens up there. You know, yeah, after you know. the, when they do that shot where you zoom out, it's like, oh my god, what's in there? That's what I want to <laughs> yeah, see. Yeah, yeah. Which I'm sure the game the, master has written. And so you want to go straight to the climax? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, Patrick? I want to go after the climax. Going post coitus. Keep going. You immediately want to go to the cigarette after. Um, but yeah. Sorry, I, no, no, no. I, I fucking loved it every time they were like getting into character because occasionally they would just talk about what the characters were doing. But every time they did like the character voice or they'd fuck up the accent or, <laughs> you know, one of them went Someone Georgian. Changed. Someone all. changed accents halfway through. Yes. Yeah, it became yeah. very Georgian <laughs> for no reason. <laughs> Um, and then it also made me go, well, maybe I do want to play one of these yes, role-playing you do. kind of games because, <laughs> fuck, that would be fun. I mean, and that is the perfect table to play. Play with actors who are comfortable with improv and are comfortable with playing the game for the fun of the game yeah. rather than yeah. to kind of achieve yeah. an outcome. That's the ideal way. And I think that's what – because this ga- – this, that's why I put it in comedy mm. is because it's not an actual play podcast, even though they're actually playing a game. Mm. It doesn't go through role for role and saying, okay, well, you need to achieve this role to achieve this. And then mm. if you succeed at that, it's more about the situation and the characters playing off each other and the motivations. It was really strategic as well. Like some people were like, oh, can I do this? And everyone's like, you shouldn't have asked that and just done it. Like, <laughs> But I think one of the reasons I liked this so much is because I'm a massive fan of taking familiar characters and putting them in unfamiliar situations. Like any movie that wants to rewrite a story that I know really well, it's like, oh, you're seeing old friends but you don't know what's going to happen. So knowing that they're in control of completely fucking up this story should they (laughs) so roll the dice that way, I just really enjoyed, you know, being in the familiar situation of knowing the movie and knowing how badly they were fucking it up at some points and how well they were doing keeping it on story and others. If if you loved From Dusk to Dawn for that, then you should go back and listen to Jumanji. Oh, oh my god! <laughs> yeah, I want to yes. do that now. Yes, I should. See, I really wanted to. Um, I saw Back to the Future on there, and I was like, "Ooh, made a note to go back and listen to that one next time as oh, well." There's a million ways go, to fuck that up. Isn't there are so <laughs> many ways to fuck that up because paradoxical time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. I think similar to Very Fatal Murder, it's such a great idea and it was so well executed. I mean, obviously, what episode number was that? They've had a bit of time to flesh things out. It was 39 and 40. They're so good at it. Yeah, and they release episodes 
fortnightly, but they do take some significant breaks every yeah. now and then because there's so much preparation. Mm. That, yeah, they sounded like they took a really big so break much. between, or like a decent sized break between the part one and part two because yes, they mentioned well, it because they have to split it over sessions. That yeah. they had to split that one over sessions, not just episodes. Mm. So usually they'll do one movie in a session, but they'll split the session up into episodes. Mm. Uh, but they have so to split. are the sessions more or less uncut. I think so. I can't pick the cuts yeah. in them. Um, mm. I, I know they take out bits where gameplay comes to a halt. Yeah, and you, but they'll sometimes play those at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but yeah, uh, it's uh, yeah, it's I, one of my favorite. Like, oh yes, there's a new one. I it made it. me want to play it. It made yeah. me want to go. Who do I know that can be that organized about movies that can make this happen for us, Zane? Who, who Zane. do we know, Zane? It's me. I'm Zane. sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, future yeah. Zane. It was such a, that. such a good episode to pick as well. I'm also a big Tarantino fan, and I love yeah. Dust Till Dawn. It's such a ridiculous film, and I yeah. Yeah, I said in my notes, I, I'm glad I was you like, both enjoyed it. Yeah, that it's a, a lot. Fucking terrible, awesome movie. It's yeah, one of those a movies terrible, that's awesome so movie. Dumpster fire bad, but it's like shiny amazing as well. Because they have such a great back catalogue to go to. So shall we move on to our recommendations this week? Yes. So this week we've gone with another theme. We're still trying out the themes. Let us know if you enjoy it or whether you want us to go to more random podcasts. Uh, Our theme this week is panel podcasts. So podcasts that have a panel of people that they're talking to rather than hosts with guests across the table. Um, who wants to go first? Well, since we were just talking movies, I think I'll go first mm-hmm. um, because I'm recommending a podcast called How Did This Get Made? So that's basically like if you've ever watched a movie like From Dusk Till Dawn and thought, how in the ever-loving fuck did this movie How ever did Tarantino get greenlit? Pitch that and, and have get it, that. And yeah, like like at what point did the studio bosses go? You know what's a really fucking good idea? What this guy's selling? Um, then this podcast is a hundred percent going to be your jam um, because they basically so it's comprised of actor comedians Paul Shear, June Diane Raphael, and Jason Manzukis. I love Paul Shear and I love Jason. Manzoukas. I love Jason Manzukis so hard. You would know her if you saw her face. Right. She's one of those actresses who's been in a bunch She's of stuff. She's great in Grace and Frankie. Yes. Right, I haven't seen, I haven't seen that. But, like, I recognise her face from a bunch of other stuff. Have either of you watched The League? No. Because that's Paul Shear and Jason Manzoukas together. Oh. Um, and that's, I think, where they sort of first burst on the scene. See, I'm, like, massive Brooklyn Nine-Nine and The Good yeah. Place fan yeah. and Jason Manzoukas in both of those just – my jam. So it's basically these guys watching a movie before they record, taking copious notes about how fucking awful the movie is and at what points it's the most awful. And then they get together and basically add fuel to the garbage fire movie discussion by kind of talking about all of the worst points of the movie and going, what the ever loving fuck is this? So yeah, it's 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 lots of different um, movies that they do. I found that because they pick movies that are genuinely garbage and not always so garbage that it's good, I haven't seen a lot of the movies that they talk mm. about. But it makes me want to see some of mm. the movies mm. along with them somehow. Um, but basically, I recommended picking any movie that grabbed your fancy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, my favourites were Con Air, Look Who's Talking To and Skyscraper because I just saw a Skyscraper and it is the worst. <laughs> um, so, yeah, watching them deconstruct that was pure 
joy Does for me. Dwayne the Rock Johnson have like a robotic arm and skyscraper. Is that like it's the his thing? Leg. No, he oh, has a prosthetic, a prosthetic right. leg from right. an explosion. And from the previous he also somehow he manages in. to swing out the window of a skyscraper using duct tape. It just looks like San Andreas too, and that duct tape. It's not worth. They a actually, that yeah, they they do. I think they compare it to that in this and go, why this is why this movie isn't that. Mm. I was almost in San Andreas for realsy. Well, as an extra, they didn't use my footage there. Oh. Because it was filmed here. Poor baby. Yeah, I know. They, they do the – there's another um, – it's like a YouTube show that sh- talks about all of the different characters that are like uh, – sorry, it talks about all of the different places that have played other places right. in movies and how they change things like when Brisbane was in Rag- New York. Ragnarok. Yeah. Yeah. Ragnarok. Yeah. yeah. Well, Brisbane makes for a pretty good San Francisco, which I think is what it was for San Andreas. Really? I thought San Francisco was so much prettier than Brisbane. <laughs> there are parts of Brisbane Gotham that are kind in of the pretty. Dark Knight is parts of New York, parts of Chicago, parts of LA, parts of San Francisco. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, Ghost give Rider them the is Sydney. Tax break. And uh, I think the Matrix is Sydney as well. So I don't whoever's know if it's giving all them the, the biggest matrixes. tax break at that time. So we're just, we're picking a movie that we want to pick laugh any about. movie yeah. that you want to. Cool. And it's, I, th- I find it more rewarding when you know the movie because you mm-hmm. can laugh with them, but it's also quite rewarding when you don't know the movie because it makes mm-hmm. you want to see this pile of shit. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Well, uh, do you want to go next, Patrick? Yes. Um, I, yeah, I almost was going to try and find a new podcast to recommend to you because I don't know that any of the podcasts that I'm subscribed to have panel shows or Which are panel shows. Which we should have checked before, <laughs> yeah. before um, choosing the theme. But then remember, again, you didn't. You could have spoken up instead well, of just doing your regular yes. thumbs up. Yeah, I, I wasn't paying that much attention. <laughs> um, so I went with The Ruben Report, which is one of my favourite podcasts, which uh, is a little similar to Jimmy Dore in that Dave Rubin, the host, used to be on the TYT Young Turks Network, but he is a bleeding, well, what does he call himself now? A uh, classical liberal who's been disaffected by the Democratic Party. And so now he is more, well, he gets people from all sides of the political spectrum and hangs shit on everyone pretty much. Um, but occasionally occasionally mm-hmm. we'll have a sort of panel set up. So I thought that's what I would recommend. The panel episodes um, to the, or the most recent panel episodes to this particular podcast, mm. I put in the show notes for you guys to find. Mm-hmm. Does he um, do, is, is it usually just him and a guest or does he Usually do- it's just him and a guest in his studio. Maybe they'll have a drink and they'll talk shit. I, I prefer that. I, well, I don't know if I prefer it, but I mean those, that's that's the meat of the, of the podcast. Right. So, I mean, if you enjoy the panel discussion, you'll probably enjoy the one-on-one stuff he does, you know, with whichever guest tickles your fancy. Sweet. Mm. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I have brought in one of my favorite podcasts of all time, uh, the Intelligence Squared Debates, Mm. the US Debates. So this is, it's run by a nonpartisan, nonprofit organization, Intelligence Squared US. Uh, So their kind of mission is to address the uh, extreme polarization of American thought and politics. Uh, and restore critical thinking through debate. Uh, so usually they ask questions, and I have them up on my phone right now. I'll just go through a couple of the episodes because I've suggested any of them for you. Uh, so has Silicon Valley lost its soul? Is smart technology making us dumb? Is Trump bad for comedy? 
make yes or no. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the episodes go on for between 40 minutes and an hour uh, and each week we'll have a different panel of experts on both sides, usually like novelists or professors. If you're talking politics, you'll get actual politicians and Congress members uh, on there. So it really is a panel of experts every week. Um, like, yeah, so they, they do get the best and brightest on did the show. You, did you ever do debating at school? I once I did debating at school. My school was not uh, heavily debate focused. It was more about sports mm. at my school. Oh, that's depressing. Mm. Um, what I, I was going to ask is how closely do they follow the format of? Very okay. Uh, they are they they strict Harvard style debate. So they right. timed and uh, moderated, and the outcome is decided by at the the studio audience that they debate in front of is polled at the start to see which side they agree with and who is undecided. And then it's the biggest percentage of change from the start to the end as who they've done. So if there was 12% of people agree, 60% of people disagree, the remainder undecided. And then you've got 20%. So it's the swing percent rather than. Well, no. So if that, yeah, if that 12%, grows to 20 but still 60% disagree or agree, whatever I said, then the nose will have it. Yeah. So, oh, that's, yeah. A, that's a cool way of scoring. And so they, they do kind of uh, interact with their audience as well, mm. kind of polling them, but I, I really just like listening to the debates. Mm. So um, I've said, yeah, any of them, any kind of topic that catches your eye because yeah. they're all very static um, sort of format and, and quality. Great. Sounds good. I'm excited. I yeah, used to do it. It's a little drier than both of yours, but uh, well, I like no. it. Most of my podcasts are pretty dry. This might be you one don't that I... Say, no. <laughs> 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 well, I know because I, I used to do both debating and public speaking at school and um, was on the team for both up until grade 12. So, I mean, I'm excited. Yeah, it's a legit debate podcast. If you're mm. a debate nerd, this podcast is I am is indeed for you. a debate nerd. Yes. All right. Well, uh, we've been Castology. If you want to find us, we are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you want to submit your podcast to us, we won't guarantee that we will review and recommend it, but we will definitely listen to it. Um, you, you can go to our website, uh, that's not countdownproductions.com forward slash Castology, or you can reach out to us on any of the social media I mentioned before. All of the shows that we recommended will be in the show notes this week. So feel free to listen in and uh, check us out next week for what we have to say about what we recommended this week. And I reckon if you like listen along with us and if you've got opinions on what we've listened to, put them on our social media. Tell Please us what do. you thought yeah. of the podcast because we'd love to know whether we're just time conversation. in an echo chamber and loving our own stuff or if you guys <laughs> actually agree with us. Because... I do love podcasts. I, also, I don't know if it's come across yet. Yeah, yeah that's I might why we're be here, obsessed. <laughs> might need an intervention. <laughs> All right. Well, we will catch you again this time next week. I've been Zane C. Weber here with my co-host Patrick Shearer and Liz Best. Keep listening to podcasts, everyone. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.